Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Project Esports podcast. It's July 30th, and we have an Overwatch-filled show for you today. Um, we're coming just off of the Overwatch League Grand Finals for Season 1, so we have a ton of Overwatch stuff to talk about. Super excited about it. A little disappointed, because uh, unfortunately, Philadelphia lost, but still super excited about it because um, Overwatch League is, was, was really good this season, I think. So um, I guess let's just go ahead and jump right into it and start talking about the just finals themselves. Um, I know you're able to catch some of the day one games, but not all of them. But like, what were your overall thoughts about it, Andrew? Um, so I caught all the day one games. Well, caught. I had it playing while I was driving for like four hours, so I was just kind of listening to it, and I had a horrible service half the time. But um, first off, prediction king. Want to get that through? That is another point for me. Yeah, you I got did it. predict that the LA and that I mean God. LA Valley, Jersey, that's what I had in my head. But the London Spitfire did win. We go more over the games, kind of stuff like that. But no, just listening, because I wasn't able to watch anything, but when I kind of went back and watched the replays and stuff, it's not like any of the graphics or anything was added was super changing. I think a couple, like, breaks were way too long because I was just listening to it rather than watching graphics and stuff, and they talked a lot. But overall, um, from the VODs and just kind of going, it looked like it was really a great presentation. London looked ridiculously strong. I mean, the first day was really good. Um, I thought, I mean, that first game was so good between uh, Philadelphia and London, that first map on Dorado. I did not think that uh, Philadelphia was going to hold, but my God, was that probably, that five minutes overwatch is something favorite I've watched all season because it was so close. But kind of going on that, we'll cover kind of the games and all that kind of stuff um, more. But what I want to call out right away, and it's kind of a little bit of a, bigger talking point, but these were some of the first games. I guess I didn't watch, I mean, I watched all of last stage, but I noticed a lot more for the grand finals, but how the casters talked and explained were hugely different than it was throughout the whole season. I think um, Mr. X and uh, Uber were on the first day. They did such an amazing job of describing everything in a way that didn't seem dumbed down for Overwatch, like fans that know the league very well. But for anyone tuning in on ESPN, Disney XD, whatever other platform it is, they explained it in a way that anyone was able to understand it. I, did you notice it? Did, did you notice that different as well too, or is that just um, me? I didn't inherently know about it, um, but I, I, I mean, after a little bit, I did kind of notice. Um, I think obviously it's a good thing because this was like their debut. Yeah. Because even though the season's been going on for a couple months now, this was their chance. Like. They're on all these really big networks. It's the grand finals. This is their time to get themselves across to like the 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 wide mainstream audience. So I mean, it makes sense why they did that. Same with the um, the little intros that we're telling you kind yeah, of like I, they've how started those in the works. playoffs, and I think they need to do that. I mean, it takes thirty seconds, and sure, it'll get annoying eventually. But I think that is so huge, at least for a couple years, till it really gets mainstream. Whatever you want to consider that, but I think that's been huge in allowing new people to come in. Yeah, cause it, and then it just makes sense. So if like you're popping in and you don't play Overwatch, maybe even if you don't even play video games, you kind of get how it goes and you kind of understand everything. So, I mean, I think it makes sense. It's just like if um, someone just basically explained League, like you have two teams, each team has its own lane, you have to destroy the towers and then destroy the main base. I mean, it's the same exact deal. Like if you explain it like that, then it's like, oh, this totally makes sense. I get it. I can watch it without having to know a lot about it. Yeah, and I think that's something that the Grand Final 
the grand finals. I was actually writing an article about this a little earlier, but the grand finals has given me more faith in the Overwatch League than ever. Because the numbers are starting to come out. The numbers are great for the um, the finals. I don't know what they were on day two. I wasn't wa- I, mean, I wasn't able to see the live numbers. But on day one, they're hovering two hundred fifty thousand plus. Um, like midway through the first map, on they're carrying about two hundred fifty thousand plus on just Twitch, which I was really happy with. I mean, I was expecting hundred fifty thousand, seventy hundred seventy five thousand, like fifty percent to seventy five percent increase from what they normally were. But they more than doubled, which gave me a lot of faith there. And that doesn't account for some pretty good numbers on ESPN. The It was shown on ABC in the afternoon. A lot of people aren't too happy about that. But um, I love seeing it there, and there's some really good numbers there. So not only the numbers were amazing, but they showed that they're realizing and like smart enough to start dumbing it down in a way that is making it easier for anyone to kind of understand because they've realized that not everyone knows how Overwatch works. Not everyone knows who the characters are. Not everyone understands how the maps work and all that kind of stuff. So the casters did a really amazing job of really describing like what each ultimate ability does. Like the numbers of times they told me what um, Winston's ult did or ultimate did or whatever, something like that. Like It was driving me crazy because I was a little bit of an Overwatch fan, but they knew how many people were tuning in. So they're becoming aware of how much they need to kind of cater to a new new audience without making the other one feel dumb. They're bringing great viewership. I mean, you would have wanted it to be a little more competitive. Would have been the only thing that would have made this better. But outside of that, everything about the finals, at least from a digital kind of view, was perfect, I think. Some people had some complaints about it in live. But I think watching it and experience it without being there... I don't think it could have done a much better job. No, I mean, I totally agree. I think the biggest kind of flop about it was DJ Khaled. Um, oh, yeah. Bar. Um, I, I, so, so it kind of works at BlizzCon. It kind of works at BlizzCon because it's like a convention. So, like, if you bring someone in, like Metallica or, like, Blink-182, like, it works because it's, like, a convention. So it kind of makes sense to have a musical performance kind of in there. But, like, if you're having a normal esports event and the only thing that's going on is the esport, please do not bring any musical guests of any types because, like, it, it, it doesn't work. One, because everyone doesn't have the same music taste. And so, like, there's going to be a giant portion of the crowd that aren't excited about it. And two, it's not selling tickets. Everyone no. bought their tickets and they were like, oh, by oh, the DJ way, Khaled. DJ Khaled's here. And everyone's like, oh, shit. No. <laughs> my, my favorite part, though, my favorite part, and I think this was like a, a Twitter quote, but someone was like, I want the confidence that DJ Khaled has whenever he cuts the music and aims the mic at the audience and expects all the Overwatch fans to know the lyrics. <laughs> like, he treated it like it was a DJ Khaled concert. Yep. And, like, hats off to him. He does him, and I love it, and I love his confidence because, like, he didn't care. He didn't care at all. He just went up there and was like, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to do my thing. It yeah. doesn't matter. And everyone's just like, what? what? Paid, What's yeah. going on? Like, and what is it Zed for, like, uh, the legal, one of the League of Legends big events, too. They brought in Zed. Like, that was a lot of things. The one thing, the one musical type of performance I'd want to see there is some kind of orchestra would be the one I think could do really well and it all plays video game music. I mean, you think about how many, like, just kind of really well-known songs or, like, kind of orchestra pieces that Blizzard owns. You don't think they could do that? 
I, they can. I don't want to see it though. If I okay. pay money to go see an Overwatch event, I want to sit down in those seats. I want to. I want to hear Golden Boy. I want to hear Zoe talk before the the match, and that's all I want out okay. of it. Okay, but did you watch else. Sony press conference last year at E3? That doesn't matter. That's a press conference. That's completely different. That doesn't matter actually. Things like that, it's appropriate because you're putting on. Um, you're putting a on a show. Event. You're putting on an event. No, no, but it's tied to it. They don't just have random stuff for no reason. I agree with no DJ Khaled, but no, no, but the dude. Or so, like, whenever um, you had the musical performances, right? So you had the dude. He's like playing guitar or banjo or whatever right before Last of Us. That oh, worked. Man. That that totally worked. No, it worked because it like felt into the theme of it. Or like before the one. Um, I think it was like the the Japanese samurai game or whatever. Like they had the dude like playing the flute thing. It it fits into it. It makes sense. Like it's a big performance, and you're like ramping it up into like the reveal of a game. This, it 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 is like a, a sporting event. It literally is a sporting event. I don't want to go to a baseball stadium and have a random person just start like playing music. Oh, are you I kidding me? Have that. you ever been? To, when's the last time you went to the NBA game? Like every three minutes. There is some kind of act that goes on during like a TV timeout or a no, halftime. No, but that, that's like a small little thing though. That's not like a larger performance. How long was the performance? Uh, it it was like it had to at least be like thirty minutes. I like I'd say fifteen twenty minutes would be fine. That's kind of what happens during a halftime of basketball game. That's about the length of a halftime there. I think they could have shortened some of the breaks and yeah, maybe not give DJ Khaled so much time on stage but like and i heard they had like some guy come on and paint didn't they i i don't know like it would have made like like i do like the idea of the orchestra thing i think it's a little bit too much but if they would have like a scaled down version like maybe in between like the halftime of where players are taking a longer break you have them come up and then just like play the overwatch theme that's what i'm saying then, just play that like, play a couple other like the blizzard themes play a couple ones from no, wow one song they go up they play no. one song they get back down i don't <laughs> i don't want this i want to see these guys play overwatch i don't want but they music. need a break what what do you okay but then what do you want during halftime do you give just want silence like the golden boy just straight give them like you the want golden boy, boy to talk give it for to 30 jeff. minutes give it to jeff i just have what? jeff talk just have Jeff just talk about whatever he wants for half an hour. Yeah, who cares? And, pl- and plus, like, uh, like during the halftime and stuff, it's kind of, like, agreed upon that's, like, oh, it's the time to kind of hang out and talk and get up and get some nachos or something or go to the bathroom. Or, like, I guess I've never been break. to, like, a live gaming event or anything kind of like that. So I may be a little swayed with what the people want, but all the events I've gone to, I mean, DJ Khaled wouldn't have been my first choice. But I do enjoy a little bit of a mix-up in on-stage performance from time to time. So I have I have been to live esports events. D- it, maybe if it's a long event, if it's an entire top eight the entire day, maybe. But if you have the grand finals, like, but do you want to make people like feel like no, the money they spent to come out here was worth no, it? No, you're sitting on the edge again. of your seat the whole time. It's the grand finals. You're you're super invested. You're super hyped up for it. Everything is crazy. The the energy is there. You're like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. It goes to halftime or whatever, and they're taking a little break, and then DJ Khaled comes in and ruins the vibe. Like the, the vibe isn't music. The vibe is I'm watching these games. They're super intense, and like my heart is pumping because like I'm watching this live event and it's so crazy. Like that, it's it doesn't make any sense. 
Like, it doesn't make any sense to have someone come out and do that because it just, like, breaks up the action, especially for an eSports fan. Well, I think part of a it breaks time. up. Halftime is to break up it. It's supposed no, to... no, no, but it's different from a football halftime. Like, like if you're talking about, like, the Super Bowl, the halftime event is, like, a long-ass event. It's not, like, 10 minutes. The, the, the Overwatch halftime is, like, 10, 15 minutes. It's not long. It's not, it's like long, but it's like not really that long. It's enough for a couple of commercial breaks for, for ESPN to get their, their commercials in. And you have enough time to get up and go to the bathroom and like maybe grab something from the kitchen. It's really not that long. Yeah, but they, they have been, I mean, this one was extended on purpose. Like, I get what you're trying to say, but from Blizzard's view, if they're trying to make this a big event, and make people feel that the money they spent to come out was worth it. DJ Khaled was not the right option. I 100% agree with that. But I feel like someone that flew over from international and like anyone that flew, anyone that went to the event didn't even get all the games that they were like, not promised, but expected. They Everyone expected it to go to three. So like, well, they wanted people to feel like the money they spent to come was worth it and didn't shit on the event because saying, Oh well, I we watched Overwatch like an hour and a half each day. They one went to three, one went to four. We didn't even get the full Overwatch in either day. So they're trying to extend the amount that people get out of the event, which I think is really important. Yeah, no, but it's like thirty minutes. Like that thirty minutes of like a flop is not worth it. And even if it's like an okay thing, like if someone came up there and played a bunch of Blizzard songs for thirty minutes, that thing right there is not good enough for someone to go, man, I'm really disappointed in this whole Overwatch thing. Like I can't believe we paid all this money to come out here just to see a stomp, rather than, oh wow, like this was really good and really sick. Like it's it's not like a teetering position. If it was like a full on concert, so like uh say they were like i don't know who's someone like super pot like drake right if they were like hey we're gonna have the overwatch grand finals and drake performance they announced it as that is the event that is the title of it it'd be well worth it i think that is an okay thing to do but like why put this like really weird like performance on at the beginning of the 30 minutes when people are still kind of funneling in I talked to people who were at the event and they were like, oh yeah, like we were still coming in or like, yeah, we were going to the bathroom or we were checking out some of like the random stuff going on. We weren't even there to watch DJ Khaled. There's tons of people who weren't even there still. So like, it just doesn't make sense that like that is the approach they made. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think if the performer would have hit and they did it a little better, I think the general opinion about that would have been better. But the first performance they had was at the bad time. It wasn't something people were interested in. And I think there's a way to do it right that they're going to figure out for next year. Because there's going to be another kind of performance similar to this next year. I don't care. If everyone there hated it, Blizzard's going to do it. Maybe maybe and we will see how it is i still don't think it's a good idea i think it kind of takes away from it but we will see how it is and we'll evaluate it then but oh, for, for now i'm gonna say no veto that also also actually another thing that flopped and i did not like i did not like the friday a single like thing i didn't really like it i don't i don't like i understand like making it two days because like if you're gonna have people come out for the event to new york city 
you want it to be a two-a-day event but at the same time like i felt the hype and i felt like the excitement for the event would have been a lot better if you channeled it into one long day and i know that is saying a lot because then you have to start at 12 o'clock for the first set of games, yeah. three three o'clock for the next set of games, and then six p.m. for the following set. And it's that not means... better. To, I'm like, oh, maybe make it out of five, but that's not better. No, no, but like if, if you have it go from twelve o'clock until nine o'clock, that is a long, long day of games. Yeah. But to be honest, I, I don't know. I think it might be a little bit better. Like I know it's asking a lot, but like, I, it just I felt like it might have been better. Like I didn't talk to too many people about this specifically who were at the event. Because, like, it totally could have worked for the event. But I think for, like, especially watching it, it might have been better to channel it all into, like, a, a more precise, like, yeah. Saturday. We're playing all of it. But then again, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it wasn't terrible. It's just a thing that I noticed because it definitely made, made Saturday feel bad. Because, yeah. like, if they, just, if they just played them all and it just went until, like, 4 o'clock, I'd be like, oh, I got, like, four hours of Overwatch, like... You know they played a they they played three they they played two of the three but like yeah they played two of the three and they were okay if it was like it, it, since it was just like one day on Saturday and it was like a blowout I don't know it it just it didn't feel the best to me yeah I didn't get to watch that so I, I guess I can't relate a hundred percent to kind of that experience that you had on Saturday and with being so quick but yeah I was really hyped going into Friday I had that hype continued and like. It kind of died down because I knew I wasn't going to get to watch anything on Saturday. Um, but like, I was so hyped going into it. Yeah, I, I I think there is something to what you're trying to say. Because, the I mean, it's hard. I mean, the Super Bowl's one. I mean, obviously, Super Bowl, it's a different scenario. But a lot of big events are usually one day. Um, like, the Grand Finals is always one day. Like, you can spread out the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. But it did feel weird to kind of have to try to keep that hype up for two days. I think there really is something to what you're trying to say there um yeah and i, I don't know if there's what better way to do it but you need to keep it out of three i mean could he do first i don't know I, yeah there's no other way to do it it has to be out of three it has to be the format and it's just figuring out if people are willing to wait watch that long in a row sit down and yeah yeah, I don't know what else I really want to say on that, but I think there's something to it. Yeah, overall, though, I mean, the event was good. I really did like it. I like the playoffs a lot better in terms of matches, um, especially um, the New York-Philly games. I thought the New York-Philly games were really, really, really good games. They were all pretty close. They had some really insane moments. Um, they had, you know, New York popping off. They had Philly doing insane holds for, like, five minutes in a row. Like those games to me were like really good i was super super hyped on them um i i don't know like part of me wishes like you know would this have been different if new york was in was new york just not prepared would we have gotten a better finals if it was like new york london and like new york had a little bit more time i i, I don't know but yeah no. I, i'm not i'm not terribly disappointed but like you gotta nitpick it sometimes you know yeah i guess We've been talking for about, what, 20 minutes now? We haven't actually gone through the actual kind of scores or anything of the game. Let's just, we don't have to briefly too much, but yeah. So what kind of happened is we'll just kind of touch briefly on it. For anyone that did not catch it, highly encourage going back and watching the VOD. Even if it's just of a couple games, you really kind of see how, especially that first day. I really recommend going back, watch that first day and see how competitive it was. It was such a good set of Overwatch games. 
But what happened on day one, um, Philly took the first game. And it was... So, first one was Dorado, correct? Oh, I honestly yeah. I don't remember the Started maps, out with Dorado. Philly struggled very much until the very last second to finish payload. Got all three points. Good job on that. And then what happened next game was London just dominated the first two, went into the final point with five minutes remaining. And in one of the most stupid holds of all time, Philadelphia holds them off for a complete five minutes, win the first map. And then after that, things kind of fell apart. Yeah, um, it, London, was, it was a stomp. London came into um, the next map just looking absolutely like a different team. And from there on out, just went on 3-0 and won the remaining three to end up 3-1 that day. And then moving into the next day, that momentum that they had from the day, I mean, Fury, I watched them play. I mean, the entire London team was just at peak. Um, Philadelphia just wasn't able to keep up for whatever reason. I mean, they just lost all momentum. And they ended up getting 3-0'd on day two. So, it was pretty quick, but it's... Some of the best Overwatch I've seen this year from London, and that hold by Philadelphia is probably the best defense I've seen in the Overwatch League all year. So there's definitely still points to go back and watch, even knowing the score, because it is just so much fun to watch this. But I guess that's kind of a lot of the overwrap of kind of what we had about the Grand Finals as a whole. Is there anything else you really want to talk about about the Grand Finals? Otherwise, um, I want to talk about the pop-up store that NYXL had. We can talk a little bit about the expansion coming up. Yeah. So before we do, just like kind of wrap it up. I think um, you should. We should definitely be watching a lot of these players because I'm guessing going into the next season, some players are probably going to be trading teams um, because that's probably what's going to happen during the between the seasons. Is they're going to open it up to trades. And come to Valiant. Carpe, I, Carpe to Valiant. I, EQO no, to Valiant. I really don't think so. E, EQO for sure is staying with Philly. Yeah, he specifically he said and like. I think that makes like I think I, Philly's like, gonna stay pretty tight. I think yeah, Philly, Philly's gonna be tight for sure. London's think, gonna get spread out though. They're gonna be too highly can't come after with how good that entire team was. Yeah, and I honestly I really hope Dallas like starts picking up some new players or doing something different. Um, second coming. Florida, I don't know if Florida's gonna have the funding to pick Florida's up anyone fun. good. Florida um, and Shanghai are fucked. No, no, Shanghai's fine because Shanghai right now is riding on the um, players. Yeah. Their players, especially amongst Chinese viewers, are, like, really, really highly that praised. Is true. That they're, is true. They're, they're not a good performing team, but, like, money-making-wise, they're wonderful. Everyone loves their team because they're, the like, the super, super underdogs. And everyone loves Gaguri, too, because, like, she just, like, posts all day on Twitter with just, like, pictures of, like, frogs and stuff. It's It's really good, but... Um, that team will do fine. I think that they need to figure something out. But like in terms of like players, like they'll be fine. Florida's been really weird to me because they're garbage. But like they also have like a contenders team, and like they have like this really good infrastructure. But they're just garbage. So the organization seems solid too. Like on social media, they seem active. All their players seem to get along. Like they seem to have good chemistry. Like they seem to have the base for everything they just can't put shit together yeah i don't get no it. one likes no one likes florida like they have like <laughs> i looked at this post that was like comparing the like how good overwatch teams are based on like um the personalities and then like 
like uh, taking into consideration like social media on top of that, Florida's like at the bottom of every single social media except for Shanghai. But it's not fair with Shanghai because their fans uh, are international. No, 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 not that. It's that a lot of those sites, the social media sites, are banned in China. Oh, like you can't go on Facebook in China, so they're not going to have a lot of like likes compared to other teams because their main fan base, which is in China, literally can't go on Facebook. Plus, like. they plus they do split some of their posts. They do post in Chinese sometimes too, which a lot of American fans aren't going to really appreciate much. Like they well, no, like if if they do this the split post or whatever, they should have a really strong Chinese like um like like fan base, which yeah. they do. They totally do. They're just channeled somewhere. I don't know where they're channeled. <laughs> they all might just be watching like somewhere else, but like that is they definitely do have a really, really large fan base. So if you take that into consideration, then like Florida is like the worst. No one cares about them. No one follows them really. I'm guessing the majority of players who follow them or people who follow them are either living in Florida and for some reason just like really want to hold on to that like love in Florida. Or there are people like us who like follow multiple teams to see what's going on. Yeah. Or they're different organizations, or they're like Todd Esports. Yeah, it's it'll be curious to see how things change. And I think this will kind of be a good segue into the next one. I guess before we jump into the next topic, I actually do want to kind of go back and talk a little bit about the numbers um, for viewership because I did mention how good of the Twitch viewership was, but um. There's a couple of numbers from Slasher. There's been some kind of talk about if these numbers are accurate or anything kind of like that. But what the numbers his are, which may be on the lower side, so it could be higher than that. But he's saying that 180,000 people Friday night on ESPN watched. 300,000 uh, people watched on ABC on Sunday for reruns. Um, and then I'm pretty sure uh, the Disney XD numbers were somewhere around uh, 97,000 for this event, I believe. So, overall, between those three, it was about another half a million people on top of that that did get to see some of the competition, which, just a small touching point, it's not amazing by any means, and those numbers may be a little modest, but I think that's happy. I mean, 750,000 people at the minimum in the United States watching this event, I think, is a pretty good turnout. Three quarters of a million people watching this, the very first event. Yeah, and also, like, TV is, like, notoriously weird for getting exact ratings, especially this close to when the event just happened. Yeah. So, I mean, if you told me that, like, concurrently at one point it peaked at a million between all the different stuff, I would not be surprised at all. I totally wouldn't be surprised at all. And you got to think, the target demographic really isn't on watching TV anymore. Do you have cable? No, no. I don't have cable. A A lot of... Our entire generation, really the, the entire age group, that once they move out of home, they don't have cable anymore. So, But there, that... is, there is a demographic, though, in Overwatch that does have cable, and it's the kids watching Disney XD. Yeah, it's the kids whose parents are, like, a little bit older than us. Um, well, a little bit older than me, rather. Um, and who have kids who are younger, who are, like, you know, maybe 10 to 15. They have a home with a TV with, you know, a higher income, and so they have these higher channels, and they're watching Disney XD. Um, that's, yeah. that's totally a, a huge demographic with Overwatch, especially if, like, the way that Overwatch looks lends itself to having a younger audience play the game for sure. I think that demographic and having it on Disney is 100% perfect. Yeah. I don't know about ESPN and having it on ESPN. I don't know if that's hitting any certain demographic that's not like a a bar that's like 
having like a viewing party or anything but yeah it, it's good for disney i think speaking of how was the viewing party it was really good but really short yeah um, so yeah it was really good um so i went to a viewing party here in dc there's like a small esports kind of group um here in dc that just wants to put on events and stuff and they're the group that's aligned sort of with um with the the government of dc like the local government here the local government has like said that they want to you know push forward esports nice so i think they're somewhat connected but it was just at like a it's like this place called yard house which is like a chain i guess but it's like a bar chain um but it was cool there was just a bunch of tvs and there was like a private room and it was just a bunch of people really who really liked overwatch nice um there wasn't like a whole there was like some philly fans and like some london fans <laughs> but like most it was of just people, people just that wanted to come teams. down and hang out and watch yeah it. yeah most most of it was people just wanting to hang out um especially because it was in dc and dc doesn't have a team yeah and so like you definitely have people with all different sorts of teams that they're rooting for and stuff so it was good though and i'm pretty sure i really want to see the philly ones the ones who were actually in philly and the ones who were out in london i'm sure those doing parties were insane yeah and i think it was really cool that philly uh philadelphia fusion paid for two buses of overwatch fans to go up to the games and stuff too like the team both teams did really well obviously london's kind of overseas um but they've announced that they're going to go over to the uk and do a little tour so that fans and stuff gonna kind of do it so both those teams that made it the final did a really good job of interacting with their fans doing viewing parties, making sure that people can watch and all that kind of stuff. So I really think there's a lot of positive things kind of going for Overwatch. The team are doing great. I mean, some are doing better than others, but the finals and the playoffs has really made me realize how much I want to miss it the next four months, five months. Starts back up in January, so five months. I mean, um, we st- we still do have the, we have the World All-Stars Cup. and World Cup. Yeah. We still have those two big events. But I'll miss the weekly. I'll miss the and weekly contenders. Content- watch Contenders, everyone. Yeah, it's actually really, really important for really the team that you watch it. We really should Contenders a little more. We should really do a better job of supporting some of the smaller stuff. Because, yeah, without that, that just kind of dies. But let's kind of move on and talk a little bit about what we see kind of coming down the pipeline. And I kind of mentioned a little bit that we'd go into this. But... There have been three spots soft confirmed, like Jacob Wolf's reporting them. Overwatch hasn't said anything, but when Jacob... They're confirmed, but not announced. Yes. So when Jacob Wolf says something, they're confirmed. Um, So Overwatch League has sold a spot to Atlanta. They have sold a spot to Paris. And they sold a spot... Guangzhou. 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 I wasn't trusting you on that. Guangzhou, China. Um, So these three spots have all been... Soft confirmed. Um, I'm assuming probably All-Star Weekend would be my guess when they're going to probably confirm. I mean, when do you when do you think we'll hear it? Because these are three teams. Obviously, they're not going to do just three teams for the Overwatch League. My um, guess, would there either be one more or they're going to do two, chi- like two from China area, uh, well, two from Asia, two from Europe, two from the United States. So there's either three more teams coming or one more coming. And my guess is it's going to be six. No. 18 teams sounds better. Five teams. Wait, so, no, six teams total. So it's, you know, you're right. You're right. Never three mind, teams Starless. left, three announced, six total makes 18, three different divisions. Yep. I totally agree. I think, I really hope it's going to be the six because then that's another division and they're probably going to rebalance divisions maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe they'll just make it a, a new division. Um, I don't know how it'll go. But regardless, yeah. So, first off, so now that we know there's going to be 18, are you still in favor? So, we, we had this conversation a while ago. Do you still think it should be Europe and Asia division? Because what were you guys? You and James were in favor of two big divisions, weren't you? Uh, yeah. Two. I think we wanted two big divisions. I don't I remember. remember Go check that, someone so check what do you mods. think is the ideal format? Do you think... I mean, because obviously there can't be in Asia, Europe, America. They're, the teams are unbalanced. Should they try to do it on location? Should it be randomly? What's the best way to deal with these ideally 18 teams? Well, right now it's like super, super heavily unfavored to NA and specifically having NA yeah. cities. So it's not really fair to balance around like region, really. So it's just kind but of be random. Sort of. I. But I guess if you think it's, about it's it, it's gonna be it. It's gonna be random, but like I don't think regional locations make a huge difference right now. No. But we're saying that by 2020, next year's 2019. So there's only one season between when the Overwatch, I mean between us and the Overwatch League, saying that their teams are gonna be region based. There's only one season allowed that to happen. So whatever they do next year is setting that up for region-based. Yeah, and I don't know how they're going to do that because, like, the location that the divisions are in are really weird. And, like, I don't mind them just going, all right, well, we have all the teams we wanted for regional-based stuff, so let's mix everything up and let's have everything actually regional. I don't mind them doing that, but that doesn't seem clean. And Blizzard is definitely, like, a clean company. And, like, that's something that, like, if I was running Blizzard, I'd go, yeah, fuck it. Like, it's time. Let's just do it. Let's just re rebalance all the regions or whatever so we can have, like, location-based stuff. But Blizzard just seems, like, too clean of a company just to do that. Yeah. So I don't I don't really know what they're going to do. I, I don't know. I can't even really speculate because, like, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I... It, it, it's really hard for me to guess, too, because, I mean, unless all remaining three teams are from overseas, which it could be, then they could balance it that way. Um, but I yeah, think it's so. hard to really know until we're, all the teams are announced. We'll really kind of make it more clear, and I'm sure they'll make that clear right away. It could just be two big divisions, because if you don't want to create a third division with only the new teams, because what I'm really worried about is, I know you guys disagreed with this when we talked about it earlier, but I think there is going to be a difference in competition between the first 12 and these new six. There's a okay. reason. Maybe. There's a reason that these teams are not just picking up people left and right and all of a sudden becoming good. I know you guys said there's a lot of Overwatch channel out there still, and I believe it. But why didn't these 12 teams pick them up then? There are, no, there are not more Carpes. There are not more Bird Rings. There are not more Profits out there. They don't just come out of there. There are a reason these, that these two teams fit against each other, especially London, because they have some of the best people in the world. NYXL, I mean, you look at these two teams. They took the best three Korean rosters and put them into those three. So, yes, there are more, but I don't think there's as plentiful of these high, high, high-tier players because otherwise they would have came into the league at some point this year. No, I do agree that the biggest and best talent right now has definitely been scooped up but it's definitely a thing of where you can look to any sport 
there's classes. Like, it's not as, like, it doesn't make as much sense as maybe, like, college football or anything of where, like, there's a clear distinction of I am going to college and now I can actually play ball. It's not quite that because, like, anyone can really come in at any age. It's a little bit different, but you still have kind of classes of players. Same exact thing happened in League of Legends. The top players who first played League of Legends when, like, season one was happening, they're not the top pros now. There's no. very few of them left over. And you have these, like, classes come in. Now, I definitely think the next set of, of Overwatch players and Overwatch teams are going to be showing up. I don't think that they're going to be quite on par just because, like, people aren't as good as, like, a Carpe or a Prophet. Which is why I think there should be an expansion draft. So, I think there's going to be a couple different things. The amount of money coming into the game does not matter if you're new or old. That doesn't matter. Money is money. You can be a new team or an old team. It doesn't matter. People are going to come in and they're going to buy some of these top tier players for sure. Like 100% for sure. These players don't inherently have loyalty to the teams. Some of them do, like EQL, but not all of them do. We got to think. Some of these, I mean, these teams, I, I don't know what their reported number is. I don't know if they put it out anywhere. But it is a lot more than the original twenty thousand dollars, twenty million that was put into it. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't matter because you can have someone like, let's just say for instance, right, Warren Buffett, right? Say if he gets into esports, he could just throw money and get as many good players as he wanted to. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think you're vastly underestimating companies, especially companies like Cox, who are giant like like cable conglomerates that make tons of money and they could just throw millions at this. But they're already throwing 30 to $60 million into this. And then you want them to try to beat out the contracts of huge... Yes. I... We're talking billion-dollar companies. One billion... Like, like, the amount of money that, like, $20 million is compared to a billion dollars... It's chump change. It's nothing. Yeah, that's not that much, though. <laughs> I mean, that's not that much. That's really two percent of a billion is more than both all three of our net worths. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is like <laughs> I, know, the, I know I'm giving you shit that to these guys that isn't much, but I don't think that yes they want to, but I think there's going to be some kind of expansion draft to level the playing field where very similar how hockey happens last year that the new team came in the golden knights they have a ton of money that they had a huge financial backing but they didn't want to have to go out and pay a shit ton of money to go get all the best players because that's not fair to them because they're already coming in at a disadvantage and putting them back farther isn't fair to these teams that are putting in more money now to get in what i propose happens is that each team is allowed to pick three players. You get a starting roster of six, you get to secure three players per team. And then after that, they are, that the expansion teams are then able to compete for the remaining players on the roster for what the other team was currently paying them. So if they have London Spitfire is paying someone $70,000, that the new team can come in, the other team has to compete for it, but they would say $70,000 would be a starting, rather than coming in, negotiating with the Spitfire and saying, well, we're not going to part with them for less than 150000 Because the teams 
own those contracts, similar to soccer. So they have to buy the contract and then pay the player, which could be a shit ton of money. Now, I think that would be a good idea. In and then break up some of the powerhouses. Then ideally, everyone has three stud players from all the original 12 teams. Everyone's breaking up. So, I mean, all Spitfire would be able to keep is Profit, Profit, Fury, and, um, let's see, Birdring. And those other three starters that just won a championship are now going to a new team. And that is going to give a new team a base to build off of and allow that new class to come in on teams that have already been established and grow under these amazing players, but also new teams to come in, make an impact, and have a chance at year one. Because if the Spitfire stays together, no one is going to beat them year two from some team of seven new players coming off the streets from contenders. No, no, so I totally agree with you about that scenario. I think it's better to employ in season three because... I think they're going to expand again whenever they do the regional base things. I think, I think so too, but you want six teams just to get shit on for a whole year? I Can you really have an expansion draft like that two years in a row? Yes. I mean, if I it's, I do not know I do not know sports as much as you. I for mean, sure I do it's not. Never been but done. If it, no, but if it is work, like I would say like if you get someone who knows sports to say that is a thing that can work in, in a, a sports environment, I would totally say yes and be on board with it. Because I, I don't know anything about this, so I would say yes. With traditional sports, no, this would not work. With esports, yes, because the game is constantly changing so fast. That Overwatch now versus Overwatch next year, there's going to be three or four new heroes introduced by the Grand Finals next year, a ton of patches, a ton of new maps, and that the game is going to be the same but extremely different in a year. And that it's not like with football where someone, if it stays on a team and stays with the same players for five years, that those players, yes, they're going to build a draft and the team chemistry is going to go up. But the game, football is the same every single year. The points are always the same. The distance is always the same. People get faster. People get stronger. But the game doesn't change. Overwatch, esports, they change. So changing up. Huh? They change month to month. Exactly. So with teams changing so quickly... These same teams would have to readjust. You saw how big of a difference the Gladiators were. I mean, not the Gladiators. Like, um, New York was during the regular season. They're getting their butt kicked by Philadelphia in the playoffs. That's a month difference. And how they played, uh, sure, there's other reasons. But the meta changed, the game changed, and they couldn't adjust there. Even though they were the best team during the season. One patch can change how a team plays. Just like in League of Legends. You see how teams are fucking scrambling the best teams in the world are scrambling because the adc changes and that anyone can play anywhere now i mean it doesn't matter who's on your team it matters who can adjust in the meta and with the years changing i think an expansion draft of some type can work because the spitfire are not going to be able to play the exactly the same way they did in january when the season starts back up that's why i think the expansion draft would work for that I think it'd be annoying to kind of have to do it each year because teams would change quickly and, like, my favorite player could get changed to one team and that and falling around. I think they could be a little complicated, but I think something like that has to happen in order, in order for these new teams to come in and have a chance to compete. I could be wrong. The depth could be a lot bigger and that team just kind of wanted to stick with their initial rosters for one year before making major changes. 
but I don't think that was a reason. I think the players in the league, right? I mean, teams are cutting people. I mean, Spitfire ended the season with seven people. I mean, they didn't see anyone else out there worth the money of paying before the roster cuts were finalized. I think yep. that's saying yep. something. No, so, that totally makes sense. Yeah. That is why I think the expansion draft should happen at least for the next two years. Whatever. Then, so we get six teams this year. We get six teams that fall year. 24 teams. That's a very good amount for an international league. Then after that, yep. Overwatch should be growing. I mean, the more play- as the league continues to get bigger, more people are going to start going to Overwatch. That skill gap's going to get closer because more people are going to be playing because Overwatch has been out for a couple years before the league really started. People seeing like, wow, we can make real money. So people are going to be going back to Overwatch. It's going to be getting more popular again. There's more heroes that come out and all that kind of stuff. And there's a real path to becoming a pro. So I think that skill gap's going to get smaller. That's why I think after the 2020 season, it wouldn't be necessary. But yeah. for these first teams, for the league to double in size, these 12 teams can't remain a powerhouse. They ha- Otherwise, it's just might as well be contenders. It's just 12 yep. contender teams getting buffed up, and there's a reason they're in contenders. No, Yeah, that totally makes sense. So you were saying you have conspiracy theories. So we yes, talked about I all this. Theories. Let's hear your theories. Okay, so first of all, I was looking at Overwatch contenders, which... Um, I definitely would encourage everyone to start watching Overwatch contenders in the offseason. Um, this is something that's super, super important for us to actually have a really good and healthy scene. Looking through a lot of the teams, a lot of these teams seem very amateurish. Now, you have really cool organizations like Philadelphia Fusion, who have Fusion University, and the Gladiators have their own little team. Um, Shock has NRG, because um, that's like their big company name, but they didn't yeah, do like a Shock. NRG. Yeah, they did, but they just had their contender team is just called Energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but there is like a lot of like really weird teams who just seem like they kind of threw themselves together. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it, any of them here. Um, yeah, I can't find any just like right off the top of, but they have like this, like new paradigm. It's just like a really weird, like, or like one, one dot point. Like these, these look very, uh, very startupper ish. Like it looks like it looks like like I could have started it up, yeah. you know. Um, and I think if we want to see a really good, healthy, big scene in Overwatch, we need to start supporting this. We need to start getting eyes on it because then it becomes financially viable to have really good teams in Overwatch contenders. Because right now, it doesn't mean anything. The only reason why there's some really good teams out there, like NRG and Fusion University, is because it's a way to have a group of players practice up. And so whenever you're looking to bring some players into the Overwatch League, you go, oh, he's on my academy team. Let's pull him up. Same thing with like a baseball team, like a farm team. I'm sure farm teams aren't super profitable, but it totally makes sense to have a farm team whenever, right? Or is, yeah. or is farm teams profitable? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I screwed up the Discord. That's why I was making that face. You go oh, on no, continue. No, no, I just okay. made a mistake. So I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. So I, I, I would assume a farm team isn't super profitable, but... but still like people want to go out and they want to see the games and stuff so this is something we should support and all that is leading to basically my favorite team that's here and i'm going to start becoming a fan of theirs because i love their name their name is the sydney drop bears <laughs> do you know what a drop bear is no so a drop bear is like it is a type of of bear that's supposed to like attack people but it's not really it's just like a koala bear falling and if it falls it's called a drop bear because you're supposed to watch out for them because they'll attack you whenever they're falling and they'll like they'll they'll mess your stuff up 
So anyways, the Sydney Drop Bears, best team I've ever seen. I love that name. So let me go into conspiracies, right? Okay. Okay. So here's my two safe ones. <clears throat> I, I definitely think it is viable. Uh, okay, I'm going to have a ton of different ones. So for locations, I definitely agree with the, th- the three other teams. I think we're going to see another Asian team, another European team, another American team. So this is a half hope, and this is a half speculation. I really hope we get a DC team. The reason why I think we do is because DC is it is like a city. It is like one of the major cities in, in, in America that's still not representative. It's the capital. It's really big. And the local DC government is behind eSports. They're building like an entertainment center that specifically yeah. is for they, they, one, of the, one of the lines. It's like sports, entertainment, eSports. eSports is in there wow. for the reason why they're building this. So, I mean, I really think DC could be a possibility. Um, that is definitely a speculation. I really hope they do that. Okay. Otherwise, uh, teams are kind of weird. I don't know where they're going to go. I really hope we get a Tokyo team because I want to see some Japanese I Overwatch. I think that makes sense. I mean, I haven't really seen a Japanese community come up around it. Um, I mean, I don't know how popular uh, PC gaming and... Uh, it's much like more it. console-based. Yeah, I know it's much more console based, and that's like the issue because the same thing with uh, with any RTS and like League of Legends, you don't have a super big thing there. But I mean, I really hope it takes off, and I really hope there is a scene to be had. I mean, at the very least, I mean, London has all Koreans on their team, so yeah. like it doesn't matter. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter, but I still hope we have like a Tokyo team. I think yeah. that'd be really cool and pretty iconic. Um, and then obviously, all the weeps would pick that as their favorite team, so they would have a guaranteed fan base. Um, I also hope we get like a um, um, a random team, maybe not a European team. Um, so like Paris obviously totally makes sense, but I hope we get something like like a like a like me and James were actually talking about this. Like I really hope we get like Dubai. Like getting like Dubai would be so cool. I think because um, I think people like especially in the UAE, you know. People want to see esports there. I, I think it's definitely like a, a, an area that like could use a big team and could definitely use a love. Maybe even India. Maybe Indian esports is like uh, you know the next big thing because I know Optic has uh, a Call of Duty team out there. Yeah, I think it's Call of Duty or is it uh, CS:GO? It's one. Of, I think it was CS:GO. I think pretty CSGO. sure it's CS:GO. That sounds more right. Um, but yeah, it's it's getting popular there. So like, why not? I think there's a lot of areas that don't we haven't seen a lot of esports out of. That having an Overwatch team based out of there could be really, really cool. So now we're going to talk about who's going to own these teams because we oh, have shit. companies. We have companies like Cloud Nine. Cloud Nine owns London Spitfire, right? Optic. They own. Do you need help or Houston Outlaws? Outlaws. I, knew, yeah, I knew that. Houston. I didn't know if you needed help. I just I want you to help. fill it in. I want you to fill it in. And okay. so we have a, a lot of these esports organizations who. Yeah. Are still coming through and getting Overwatch Energy teams. Energy, Shock, Immortals, yeah. Valiant. Exactly, and there's a couple teams missing. Number one, SK Telecom T1. Nah. SK Telecom nah. has money. They have a lot of money, and they love esports. They have a huge league team. They also were super, super into StarCraft One and Two. I think Overwatch is the next aim in their sights so i think if we see another maybe korean team we might see uh telecom on them sk telecom two team liquid i mean why wouldn't liquid own an overwatch team they got the money 
they have a they have a team for every game, literally every game. They're one of the most successful esports organizations out there. They're an extremely old organization. Why not have Liquid in there? Okay. Right? Yeah, go on. And number three. I don't know why I said this. It's on my list. I don't remember the rationale, but C CLG. <laughs> I don't know why I had it on this list, but oh no, I know why. Because they're owned by Madison Square Garden Entertainment. Which is why they won. Maybe New York or nothing. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You okay. have the Giants and you have the Jets. It doesn't matter. We have the Valiant and we have the Gladiators. They're not going to exactly. They're it not doesn't put matter. Another team in New York. Also, the company location doesn't matter anymore. It could be anywhere. They could do whatever they want. But it seems to line up pretty well. No, how? What are the themes? Optics based in Texas. Immortals based in California. All the companies are located in California, though. All the teams are located, not all the companies. NRG, California. Some of the bigger gaming companies seem to line up pretty well. Cox, Atlanta, line up decently well. So one company you're missing, one of the oldest names in esports, Fnatic. They're going to be the German team. Ooh. German, huge esports industry coming up. Chancellor's really far behind it. She's really supporting it. She mentions in her speech from time to time. Fnatic based in UK, but they're already beat out by Cloud9. So they take over the German market. You have the big three uh, countries. France, Germany, UK. Makes sense there. I agree with Tokyo. I think it makes sense. And my guess is it's going to be Tokyo or it's going to be Australia. Australia is having a bigger esports scene than I thought, and I've been seeing it come up more and more. In recent years, I could see Sydney, that. Sydney drop bears. I yep, I could definitely see that happening. There's interest there. Um, so, so the Asian or OCE team is going to be Sydney or Tokyo. I'm very confident in Germany. I think Fnatic's going to be behind that. I think they're definitely trying to get in on this. And that I think it's going to be Seattle for the final U.S. team. Huge tech city, huge money. A million companies there can sponsor it. Already on the West Coast, so you're going to get some of the fan base to come down that's based out of there. Even though it's all based out of L.A., but you get a couple fans that will come down to the Blizzard Arena and watch it there. It's on the same okay. coast. Okay, so I, I, I want it to be Seattle, because I think Seattle would be a very good location. But there's a lot of people out there saying, like, why not Toronto? Have the okay. Canadian team? Yeah, I, think I have Toronto, heard yes. Toronto would make sense because even for like someone in in, I mean I, I, I guess I don't like maybe DC. I haven't like did the distance, but I used to drive up to watch StarCraft events from Pennsylvania all the time to Toronto. It's a bit of a drive, but I used to drive there all the time to watch StarCraft events. It's a you can make the drive. You can make the drive from a lot of places in the East Coast. So having a Toronto team totally yeah. would make sense. I can see a and and Mexico. No. Why I don't think it's developed enough down there. No, no. If you have a Mexico City team, I'm telling you, Mexico City could be a... They could have a team there. Esports is popular. Esports is popular in Mexico. It's just not a 
like uh it's it's not like broadcasted a lot okay anyways anyways what i was asking before is what do you think is more likely a brazil team or a mexico team mexico really yes you really think so even though even though brazil is big in the esports too i don't think either one of these have even the slightest chance of being in the first expansion I oh no no no! Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think it could be viable, but no, I agree. It probably isn't true. It I probably think isn't in the I yeah, I think Mexico Brazil would be the farthest out of all the predictions I could see. I mean, I think there's teams and monies backing in Canada and Seattle and DC. There's support there. There are companies and support in Germany. Um. So I, I agree with all those. Tokyo could be a question mark i think that's more of a want than maybe a demand there but i think it'd be a fun city and i think they could do something really cool with that and then i think australia has a scene behind it um and they have money they've already shown support of that down there um brazil's big into esports mexico they're big in their gears i just don't think there is going to be a backer or even blizzard looking down that way for this expansion I think there are much bigger markets that are big into esports and actually have teams and names and a built-in fan base for Overwatch or teams to kind of get behind. I mean, can you tell me a single Mexican or Brazilian sports team or company or anything kind of coming out of there? No. I mean, look at I mean Blizzard and the NALCS are both extremely picky about who they're allowing in. It's not just who can pay the bills. It's about who they want in. And I don't think Blizzard has any interest in having either one of those... Um, oh, I can't think of like um, segments, groups, whatever, in this expansion. Also, just something to note on how picky they are. Uh, recently, I think it was the marketing director of, of Fusion. I saw a post by him. And he was like, oh, here's a bunch of our logos and uh, color schemes that were actually denied by Blizzard. Huh. Um, and, they, and they showed a bunch of the rejected logos and stuff. But that is a thing. Blizzard's looking at these logos and these team concepts and just going yes or no. Yeah. So they might accept the team, but they might go, yeah, we don't like okay. your logo. Change the colors. Change, change like how you spell your name. No, I, I definitely believe that. So I think with how picky they are and kind of how that goes, that either one of those teams have a chance. And I... I, I question even if they'd make it the second round because I just feel like there are still so many markets because if let's say Washington does get in over it there are still numerous other US based teams that still can easily support a team especially in region based I think there can be a team in Vancouver Toronto and Ontario probably in Canada I think all three of them can support teams I think Russia can have a team coming in over there. I think there are other European teams. I mean, you could throw eight different Chinese teams, eight different Korean teams in the league, and still have support behind all of them. And then you start going to OCE, India. I just think there are 15 to 18 markets that can support teams bigger than Mexico and Brazil. Which is why I'm kind of really down on these. Just thinking of how I think Blizzard could work is that I just don't think they're looking down that way because that is not 
anything that anyone regularly thinks of esports or companies that are known to be big affiliates of it. And I think that's what they're looking for as much as branding. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think it's expanding it out even more. So if they are starting to go region-based, why, I mean, having it, the three different ones is a lot easier than having to add a fourth one down in South America. Because if it's region-based, you can't just add one Brazil team. You need to add three or four if it's going to be region-based for it to really make sense. So three or four in South America, having in the three big continents where Australia, I, I mean, where esports is much bigger, I think makes much more sense. Yeah, that's fair. That's just that's kind of why. That's kind of the most like actually sophisticated, like in detail of response I've probably ever given on this podcast. But it is something <laughs> I've actually thought about, and I don't think it makes sense for Blizzard to go into right now. No, yeah, I think that was well thought out, and it makes sense. Thank you. I sometimes surprise myself as well as others. All right. Well, now do we have anything else Overwatch related to talk about? I think we went through everything. We did, and I think we're at about time too. So I'm really surprised. I thought today was going to be a short one, but we managed to pull out Overwatch for a goddamn hour. I I can we can talk about some Overwatch. We can talk about some Overwatch for sure. I, I really think we could too. I think I think we could do Project Overwatch and easily have enough content for each week. Or at least a big enough discussion point for you and me to argue over. James is usually on your side, so we just need one of the two of us. I mean, we just need one of the two of you and me here, and we can argue about Overwatch for a week every week. Yeah, because, no, we argue how things feel and, like, what feels good for Overwatch League, and you argue this is how business works. I, I argue that. business and traditional sports. You argue smaller and the grassroots esports and what, what would comes up from your soul. Yeah, what would I be say hype? that's that's where we stand. It's not that I am a big feel, I'm a big fan of startups, the smaller kind of grassroots things, but that's just not how I think, and it's not how I think Blizzard thinks. Yeah, which because like maybe bigger. a Tokyo team wouldn't make sense, but damn, that would be hype if there's a yes. Tokyo team. <laughs> so hype that'd be fucking unbelievable, and I think they can make it work, but I don't think yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, but. I guess something that we do kind of, I do kind of want to just bring up, and I'll just throw out kind of here. So, just kind of due to how things have kind of been going, James is going to kind of be on a unique schedule with us from here on out until at least January. So he's currently going to be working four weeks on, where he, um, with this current schedule, where he'll not be able to make the podcast, and then the four weeks where he will be on. So right now it will just be me and James for four weeks. I mean, me and Dylan for four weeks. And then ideally all three of us for the next month. And kind of go back and forth until January until things kind of change up for him. It could go on longer after that. We don't know. Still kind of happening. We just kind of started talking about this over the last week. Um, I guess I'll throw it out here. I may go out there. Um, But we are willing and looking for someone else to kind of come on and join the podcast if anyone ever has been interested. Anything kind of like that. We are kind of looking out through our networks any of our listeners and anything kind of like that, you can reach out to any of us or the Twitter page um, if you are at all interested. Um, it'd be for the weeks where James aren't able to go on as long as um, when he are on, when he is on, so that me and Dylan can take a break too. Because right now we have to be on every month uh, missing an episode right now. Otherwise the episode can't go live with just one person. So you'd be an official fourth member. You'd make any meeting you can. And then obviously you'd help us out when James can't make it. So I guess I just want to throw that out and give a little bit of an information of what's kind of going on our back end. James didn't leave the podcast or anything kind of like that. It's just he needs to make money, and we're not making quite enough money to support him uh, full-time yet. 
So I just wanted to bring that up and kind of just talk about something that's kind of going on with us because I believe in kind of being transparent of what's kind of going on because we're all doing this for fun and we want to make something you guys enjoy. And some of you enjoy James, so I figured I should give you a little bit of an update on that. I enjoy James. I enjoy James, too. James is James. Is James and I think that's more than enough for any of you to really understand how I feel about him. Um, but I guess with that, I think that is going to wrap up the Project Overwatch podcast for... July 30th, 2018. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to me and Dylan talk about one eSport for a complete hour and five minutes or whatever, however long we've been going live. It was a lot of fun. Um, please go back and watch the Grand Finals if you didn't. But again, thank you very much for tuning in to the Project eSports Podcast. Um, throw us a follow on Twitch. Um, find us on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, whatever it is. We're on it now. We are officially on everything, which I'm so happy finally now to get through and every little comment review follow subscribe it means the world to us because we are trying to make this happen so that maybe one day we can make so that james doesn't have to work and now we can help him out a little bit with that that'd be the end goal but right now we just want to focus on making content to you guys and we want to know that you still care so anything means the world to us yeah and we go live every single monday and thursday at 7 30 eastern standard time and you can always find uh, the VODs of everything up on the following day. So that's Tuesdays and that's Fridays. All the VODs are going to be up. And that's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on iTunes. It's going to be on Stitcher. It's going to be on not Mixer. That'd be, oh, that'd be perfect if it was because we say Stitcher and Mixer. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be up on basically every single podcast network you can possibly think of. And Spotify. Highlight Spotify because it's so sick that we're on there now. Um, yeah, and so we're really pushing hard to get Twitch affiliate because it's the next big milestone we want, really want to get to. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in like setting goals because uh, it definitely drives you forward. And this is something that we're really pushing for. And we actually got to follow during the uh, during the show. Um, I don't know if there's a thing we can check on it uh, to see who actually followed us. We did get a follower, so whoever followed us, thank you so much. Um, let me know who you are because then I'll get, start giving you guys shout outs because we're giving shout outs at the end of every single episode of until we get 50 followers so we can get that Twitch, Twitch channel we gotta follow? yeah we're at 37 we were at 36 I'm pretty oh. sure we're at 36 um, and so if you guys give us a follow let me know that you guys followed us send me a message on Twitter or something or you know follow go on Twitter us. and send just like retweet us or, or just quote tweet us and let all your friends know about us and I'll give you guys a shout out at the end of every single episode leading up until we get Twitch affiliates. So for the like 10th time, <laughs> thank you to at Xnaxis, at Cassini Ilya, at the Banhammer, at Veterans for Esports, at Xenos King, at Learning Bill, and at whoever just followed, up, followed us. Because Looks like it's 409D, cool. so thank you very much for following during the episode. Is it alphabetical? Is that alphabetical? No, it goes by most Okay, so it was 409D. So it was 409D, so thank you very much. Or 409. So if you want to get a shout out, always you can do anything that Dylan just kind of said or follow us live and we'll always call you out or interact with us in chat. We'd love to give you some attention there too. But with all of that said, thank you very much for tuning in this week's episode. I'm Andrew Nimsgren. And I'm Dylan. See you guys on Thursday.